Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi. Hello. Okay. Change of plans. I know that I said last week that this would be a throwback episode. Well, some things have happened since then. So... After I recorded, or while I was recording, I set up that Troy and I were going to record a throwback episode Thursday night, which is, it's Thursday night right now that I'm talking to you. Uh, The next day, my producer, Nicole, who is the light of my life, messaged me and was like, hey, uh, I have a couple of things planned. She's the one who posts my episodes. And she's extremely flexible with me and lets me email her the episodes at like 10 p.m. on Saturday night and she has them up Sunday morning. Like Nicole, love Nicole, love, love, love Nicole. And she's like, hey, can you get this week's episode to me by Thursday and then can you have two ready for me by next Thursday? And I was like, yep, okay, because anything Nicole asks that I do, I do because as I said, she's an angel on earth. And I was like, perfect, Troy and I had already planned on recording on Thursday, so that works out and I'll just record uh, another throwback episode, and I'll also record a Team Mom Young and Pregnant episode. Great. We're good. Woohoo! So I set up another throwback episode. Hopefully, I will be able to record with Kara Barry this weekend. Fingers crossed for that. Uh, I make no promises, but let's hope that it all works out. And so I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm on schedule. I can do this. However, Troy today was like, oh my god, I'm the worst. I need to put, like, I can't record tonight. Some shit's going on. Can we record tomorrow? And I was like, in my head, I was like, no. (laughs) But of course I said yes. Like, of course. I've had to cancel on people for a million reasons. And so I was like, yeah. Um, Except, as I said, it's Thursday, so I needed to get an episode done tonight. So I was not going to have time to watch Team Mom Young and Pregnant because it was Thursday during the day. I was at work. I was already planning on going to yoga tonight. I'm trying really hard to get back into yoga because my back is doing a lot better. Um, They just opened a new branch in my studio five minutes from my house, as you guys know, or people who listen. I talk about this in bonus episodes sometimes, Uh, but my yoga studio is like 35 minutes from my house because it's closer to my work. And they just opened a new branch that was literally where my old, like my nail salon was, Uh, but then they like kicked out all the tenants. (laughs) It's not great, but the new the new uh, shopping center is really beautiful and nice, and they opened a new branch of my yoga studio, and so I'm, like, really hyped about it, and I'm trying really hard to get back into yoga, and I was like, well, I could skip yoga and take notes on Young and Pregnant, but I didn't want to skip yoga. <laughs> I didn't want to skip yoga. I'm trying to take care of my health, so I didn't, and instead, I decided I would do an Ask Me Anything episode tonight. Then Troy and I are going to record tomorrow, and that will be my episode for next week. And then when Kara and I record, that will be my episode for the following week. So it's Ask Me Anything Tonight and then two throwback episodes in a row. Now, I know that means a lack of young and pregnant. I think maybe what I will try and do is maybe next week I will watch two episodes 
of Young and Pregnant, like, this week's and next week's, and just record, like, a car cast on it, um, where I just, you know, like, not taking notes, but I just talk about what's going on with each person, because I don't want to miss three full weeks. That is a lot, like, to leave you guys stranded. (laughs) And I think some interesting stuff has been going on in Young and Pregnant, so we'll see. I'll try maybe and record a car cast on, like, Wednesday. Yeah, that would be good. Okay, I'm going to try and record a car cast. I make no promises, but the throwback episodes I'm really excited about. Troy, I'm not sure which one I'm going to ask to do with Kara. Um, I haven't gotten that far yet. I really hope that I can get Kara on. Kara, I think you listen to this every week. I love you. If you're not listening to Kara Berry's new podcast, Everybody's Business But Mine, you should listen. It's so funny. She's so good. She's making great content. I'm so proud of her. It's so good. Um, she, I know she was nervous about going out on her own and had reached out to me and was like, is it hard to record on your own? And I was like, kind of, but she's doing such a good job. I would imagine it's hard to transition from doing a podcast with a partner to doing it by yourself. And I think she's really crushing it. So I highly suggest listening to Kara's new podcast, but Troy and I are going to be recapping, I think it's season three, episode 10. And it's honestly such a funny episode. Like Farah is peak Farah. Caitlin and Tyler are fucking nuts. Like, I, it was such a good episode. I'm so excited to talk to Troy about it. It should all work out. If not, then, you know, egg on my face and I'll figure something else out. (laughs) Anyway, hi guys. Let's do an Ask Me Anything. I love to Ask Me Anythings because talking about myself is extremely easy. (laughs) Talking about Team Mom in general is extremely easy for me. As I said, like, The reason I do this podcast is because Teen Mom is like my hobby. (laughs) It's my fandom and I spend a lot of time in it. And it's funny, Princess and I were texting today and she was like, do you ever get bored talking about them? And I was like, I don't get bored talking about the Teen Moms, but I do get bored recapping the episodes. It's not that it's like so boring. And when I have a guest on, I, it's fine and fun and I like to do it. It's just like a slog to take take notes every week. And then it can be hard to do it by myself, hard being a relative term. But I never get bored of like talking about the teen moms. So I love to do ask me anything. Basically, I post it on my Instagram stories and on my grid to ask me questions. And let's just dive into it. Okay, live.sitch asked, in your opinion, what are the best and worst cast member tattoos? Okay, actually, a couple people asked about tattoos. I'll be honest, like, I'm not a tattoo person. I don't have any tattoos. (laughs) This is a hot take. I don't particularly like most people's tattoos. I don't dislike, I don't like, I'm not like, ugh, tattoos. I just rarely see a tattoo and think that that looks good. It's just not really my aesthetic, uh, in case you guys didn't know, I'm like, extremely preppy and like a clean cut look. I'm more into that than a tattoo look. I don't like I see tattoos individually. I'm like, that's cute. But I'm never like, oh, I love that tattoo. And I have no tattoos because there's like never been anything that I wanted to get tattooed. I'm not anti tattoos at all. And like, maybe I'll get a tattoo one day. Um, So I don't know, like, I'm not a person, I notice tattoos, that's not, I was going to say I'm not a person that notices tattoos, but that's not accurate. I'm just not a person that cares about tattoos really very much. Um, So I guess, like, that's honestly, like, it's kind of hard for me to answer. I don't, 
I wouldn't say anybody has the best tattoos because it's just not something that I've like noticed and put thought into and been like, yes, those are the best tattoos. Just not how I like view people. I think worse tattoos are probably, I mean, Janelle has some really bad tattoos. Obviously, Amber's uh, Leah tattoo is probably the worst tattoo of them all. And I just, I hate Kale's tattoos personally. I think her sleeves look so bad. I wonder if she regrets them. I think that she shouldn't have gotten them. Okay. Oh, how dreadful. That's a great, oh my God, wait. I just realized maybe I shouldn't be reading. No, I mean, okay. (laughs) I did say on my grid, I was like, post my Instagram stories if you don't want people to know who are asking. But now I'm reading usernames. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to read usernames. And then, like, if I'm, except maybe if it seems more personal. If it's a team mom question, I'm going to read the username. If it's a personal question, which there are some personal questions, I'm not going to read the username. Okay, so Oh How Dreadful, which is an incredible Instagram handle, says, what is the most ridiculous teen mom wedding dress? That's a good question. Um, There actually haven't been that many teen mom wedding dresses. I particularly hated Chelsea's, um, Chelsea's dress from, like, the little cabin wedding they had. I remember thinking it looked really bad. I know it was just, like, something she bought on Amazon or whatever, but I did not like it. I don't even really remember. Oh, I hated Macy's dress. I know a lot of people loved Macy's dress, but I thought it looked so ill-fitting and the whole time she was pulling it up. I'm not in general like the biggest fan of a strapless dress, and I'm really glad those wedding dresses went out of style. But I mean, obviously, like Macy has a teeny tiny little body and it's like stuff isn't really unflattering on her, but I just thought that that dress was like really ill-fitting and the whole episode, if you watch it, she's pulling her dress up. It doesn't fit her. Okay, Kaylee Bernhardt says, do you believe that Kale, do you believe Kale that this pregnant was an accident she actually considered aborting? Okay, so obviously I got a lot of questions about this. The big story this week is that Kale confirmed her pregnancy and the Ashley posted a story that Kale finally talked about the pregnancy on camera and that the reason that she waited so long to confirm it was because she seriously considered abortion as far as scheduling an appointment and, like, going to a clinic. Do I believe this? Maybe. I am 50-50 on this. Do I think it's good to talk about on TV? Yes, absolutely. I just want to say I don't personally believe that it is a traumatic thing for a child, inherently traumatic for a child, to hear that their parent considered aborting them. I think it can be, but I think almost anything can be traumatic for a child. I think that the way that we end abortion stigma is to talk about it and talk about it a lot. And how can we sit here and say that we're pro-choice if we don't allow women to talk about the fact that they considered abortion because it might hurt their child's feeling in the future? I think that if we raise children to understand reproductive choice and freedom, that, yeah, of course, like, of course, of course, we need to be talking about it. And I don't personally subscribe to the fact that these moms should not talk about it because it's going to potentially hurt their child in the future. Like, to me, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like, a child, I'm not that a child, like, deserves to know if their parent considered abortion, but I think that it is not bad for a child to know age-appropriately 
this situation in which, like, they were conceived and brought into this world. That's just reality. And this fan, and, like, when we, you know, we raise kids to have this fantasy that, like, every child is conceived out of love and that every, like, child that's born, it's, like, the best circumstance of all time goes into, like, stigmatizing abortion, you know? And the only way that we can get over that is to be, like, yeah, I was going to get an abortion because the situation was really bad and I decided not to. Like, there's there's nothing inherently traumatic about that. And when we tell people that that is a traumatic thing to hear, then that's what they believe. So I'm like a miss me on that part of the conversation. I see it all the time about how, how dare Brie talk about the fact that she was going to abort or give up Stella for adoption. Now they're going to say it about Kale. They mentioned it about Kate. And to me, that's like kind of a nonsensical conversation. It's hard for me to even understand that other point of view. Um, Especially like if a child is born to unfortunate circumstances, like they usually find out and know because those unfortunate circumstances just don't magically go away. And if your child is somebody that that is like traumatic for them to know that their parent considered abortion, like there's probably some other and bigger shit going on that needs to be concentrated on for like why a child then would feel unwanted by that. Because if you love your child and you give your child a positive and healthy environment and they are loved, then there should not be something that's like, I mean, I don't want to say like every kid's brain chemistry is different. I'm not discounting that that could be traumatic for some kids, but I think this belief that is inherently traumatic is not right. And we need to move past that, that train of thought. Do I think that this was an accident? No. No. Do I think she considered abortion? Possibly. Um, Okay, so here's where I am on, like, the schools of thought on this. I think that Kale um, has been desperate for a baby. I don't think that Kale's desperate for a girl. I've seen a lot of people, like, if this is a boy, do you think she's going to keep going for a girl? Um, Chris did say it was a boy on Instagram Live, but, like, I think he might be trolling her. I'm not so sure that she knows what the gender is because she usually doesn't find out. I guess we should say sex, not gender. Um, But I'm not... I don't know. Is it a boy? I don't I don't know if I believe this like confirmation that it's a boy because we haven't heard it from Kale. Now, I think Kale wants a girl, but I think what Kale is a lot more interested in is solidifying a relationship with Chris, having more babies to feel loved by, trying to fill a void and mania. Uh, I think Kale is acting manic a lot of the time and making a lot of really impulsive decisions. And I think that getting pregnant on purpose, if not on purpose, not actively using birth control, so it's on purpose. <laughs> um, But I also think that not a lot, but like planned pregnancies get terminated. Uh, it doesn't get talked about very often, but planned pregnancies absolutely get terminated when uh, the woman finds out things about her partner that make her no longer want to have a baby with them. You know, there are women that plan to get pregnant and then find out that their spouse is cheating on them. And they leave their spouse and they terminate the pregnancy because they just can't deal with it. Uh, There are women that it could be like a kale situation where she kind of planned to get pregnant, got pregnant on purpose, and then got Chris got arrested twice in one month around the same exact time. And so maybe she 
realize like, oh no, I actually don't want to do this. Um, I also am thinking that it's very possible and Jesse, uh, friend of the pod, Jesse, has mentioned that she thinks that like Kale, Kale like knows what she's supposed to say to kind of take the heat off of her and maybe saying like, well, I thought about getting an abortion, but I can't. I love this baby too much already is like her way of taking the heat off of like this unplanned, like not this unplanned pregnancy, but like this completely insane, illogical unnecessary, ill-prepared pregnancy is for her to be like, well, I was going to get an abortion. So it's almost like we can't be mad at her because she's acknowledging that having this baby is kind of crazy. I think that that's definitely possible. I don't know. I think that Kale has been showing like a lot of really impulsive and like I said, manic-like behaviors lately. So could I believe that she like got pregnant on purpose and then like in a, like, a impulsive, like, decision that she made and then came down from that and was like, fuck, I have to get an abortion and then, like, change your mind on that. Like, yeah, I, I could see that. And I could also see Kale lying about it because Kale is a liar. <laughs> because Kale lies and Kale lies a lot. A lot, a lot. My feelings in general on Kale having this baby, I mean, it's crazy. It's really crazy that she's having this baby. Uh, Kale also posted this week that she was, like, already looking for a new house because this house doesn't feel like home, which to me, like, I'm I'm really concerned about where Kale is uh, with her mental health. As most people know, I guess she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at one point, but then she went on the doctors and they said that she didn't have bipolar disorder. And I just, I am quite, I'm worried. I'm quite worried. Okay, Steph.PunkPost says, is Caitlin pregnant again? I don't think so. Uh, Veda isn't even one yet, right? I don't think she's pregnant again. I actually wouldn't be surprised if Kate never gets pregnant again, even though they keep talking about wanting a boy. I kind of think they just won't get pregnant again. This one specifically asked me not to use her name. So this person asked, what did a reality show about, a why did a reality show about teen parents end up being so focused on addiction? I think I've talked about this before. Um, I think it's just socioeconomics. Uh, I think that, like, it's people that, like, most of the people that they picked for teen mom came from families with long histories of addiction, are in abusive relationships, have a lack of opportunity originally. Now, of course, they have so much opportunity. Um, I like, I just think it's trauma. You know, a lot of them have a lot, a lot, a lot of trauma in their past. And with trauma, it comes addiction for a lot of people, myself included. So yeah, I think that like, to me, it makes total sense. (laughs) I don't know if that's just because like, I know a lot about addiction. I'm around addiction a lot. But I think Like, if you are, you know, in a situation where you get, you have, like, completely unstable parents, a completely unstable family, you have a lot of people in your family that are addicts, you go through the trauma of becoming a teen parent, then you're put on TV and, like, hated online and have assholes like me making podcasts about you. Like, to me, that seems like an easy walk to addiction. (laughs) Like, an, an easy stroll down the road to addiction. Okay, won't use your username because this is a non-teen mom related one. How do you feel about using CBD while sober? I feel fine about it. I personally haven't used it because I don't feel like I need to use it. Like I, I haven't had a, 
a moment where I was like, I need to use CBD. Um, but I think if I was getting bad anxiety or like I couldn't sleep or something like that, I would consider using CBD. I mean, it's non-psychoactive. So I think it's fine to use. Uh, but I also like can understand why someone wouldn't want to use it. But I feel like it's fine to use. And I feel like most people I know feel like it's fine to use. I don't really hear like negative things about CBD very often um, in my circles. Okay, Homeward Found asked, which mom do you find it hardest to sympathize with? Hmm, that's a hard one because I think I find it pretty easy to sympathize with a lot of them, but I guess I would say Amber because she really like hurts people and hurts her children in a way that is really scary to me. And I find her, a lot of her actions to be very scary. So Amber, maybe, I mean, I do empathize with her because she has mental health and addiction issues. And I know that's really hard, but I guess my, my off the bat answers, Amber, although my other answer would be Farah. I find Farah very hard to empathize with because I find Farah's personality so confusing and, like, whatever is going on so hard for me personally to latch on to, um, like, way more than any of the other moms, that Farah. Farah's my answer. I also find Farah, like, what she's doing with Sophia to be, like, deeply, deeply, deeply alarming in a way that unsettles me and unsoothes me, unlike a lot of the other moms. Okay, I'm going to answer the right, the right one. The next one, right after a quick break. Okay, this is a non-teen mom related one. Have you ever considered being a sponsor? Yes, I am a sponsor. I currently have a sponsee. Um, I've sponsored a lot of people, like a lot, a lot. I maybe 20 plus people. I've only taken about four, I think four all the way through the book. Um, But, uh, you know, because that's just like the nature of it, like people become your sponsee and then they stop being your sponsee. But yeah, I've been sponsoring people since I had, I think, a little under a year sober. That's kind of not as common up here in Pennsylvania, but quite common in Florida. As soon as I finished my steps, I started sponsoring. Uh, I like sponsoring. I think I'm a decent sponsor, like as, as good as anybody else. I'm like very knowledgeable in the big book. I used to be really into going to big book studies and I like led a big book study where we went line by line through the big book for like took a year. So I have been through the book like a lot of times and I have a lot of knowledge on it. So yeah, I am a sponsor. It's funny. I saw that and was like, have I not talked about that before? Because it seems like such a natural part of my like offline life. Sometimes I'm like, did I have I really never talked about that? When I see this type of stuff. Okay. Kat Critch asks, what event in the tree mom, tree mom, teen mom universe truly shocked you? Like did not see that coming at all. Kale's pregnancy with Lux. That shook me. That like to my core shook me. I could not fucking believe that. Absolutely. Also, (laughs) that scene of Ryan driving high on Xanax because I happened to be watching teen mom live that night, which I Almost never do. Almost never 
watch Team Mom Live. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but like they really didn't like preview that at all. Like we had no idea that was about to happen. And a scene, like one of those um, warnings that they show came up that was like, drugs are bad or whatever they say. And I was like, why do they just play that? And we like saw a scene of Mackenzie picking up her wedding dress. And I was like, this is so weird. Like, why did they show that? And then like we watched Ryan nod out why he was driving. Like, <sighs> that was crazy. So yeah, definitely Lux pregnancy and Ryan driving nodding out. That was really, really, really crazy. She also asks, do you see a parallel between current Kale and old Chelsea with Adam? Yeah, I think that they, like, I think I see a parallel with Kale and anybody that's in an emotionally and I guess physically abusive relationship. I think Kale desperately wants to be with Chris and Chris will not commit to her like she wants him to. Although I will say it's a little different because I think that Chris uh, is with Kale a lot more than Adam really was with Chelsea, if that makes sense. Like, Adam, at least on camera, like, uh, he really gave Chelsea breadcrumbs. Like, he lived with her for a little bit, but most of the time it was like he would come back for like a couple hours or he would come and spend the night. Like, I think Chris is a lot more involved in Kale's life than Adam kind of ever was with Chelsea's, or at least that we saw on TV. Speaking of, Aaron Duffy asks, do you ever get annoyed with Chelsea stands? People are misinformed on Teen Mom Reddit. Yeah, I fight all the time on Reddit. Like, my outlet in life is to just go on Reddit and fight with people. Um, I have a disease called know-it-all-itis, in case you guys didn't fucking know. <laughs> in case you couldn't tell, I have a disease called know-it-all-itis and need to tell you what I feel about everything-itis, and it's not good. Nobody likes it. Uh, and it was really hard for me to get it under control, like in my IRL. And an outlet I found for it was to just go on Reddit and fight with people and like tell them that I'm right and like get to express my know it all itis all the time. And that way I don't do it in real life and I can like be a lot more calm, cool, and collected in real life. But yeah, I get super annoyed with Chelsea Sands on Reddit, especially when people say like we're jealous of Chelsea. Like, what would I be jealous of in Chelsea's life? Like, no offense, but, like, Chelsea's life is fine. Like, as I've said a million times, like, she seems happy, but I don't seem, I'm not jealous of anything. I mean, maybe, of like, the amount of money she has, but, like, that's just, like, a natural, like, I want to be rich. Like, not, I'm jealous of Chelsea. And I also don't like when people say we're nitpicking about Chelsea, because, yeah, we are. Because that's the point. Like, we nitpick about everything. Chelsea just has less going on in her life. So we have to nitpick about smaller stuff. Okay. Danielle Parent says, guesses on what Kale's next baby name will be. I have no fucking clue. Guys, Lux was such an out of left field name. I have no clue. I know she said she liked the name Christian. So maybe that if it's a boy. I honestly like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I do Kale could really go any, like, she could say any, she could do anything. Lux is a crazy name for a baby, for a boy. Not so much for a girl, because, you know, I love the Virgin Suicides movie. <laughs> Not the book. The Virgin Suicides movie is one of the few movies that I would consider to be better than the book, by the way. Maybe that's a hot take. Maybe that's controversial. I also haven't read the book since I was in high school. Um, and I think I saw the movie first, which may have, like, 
you know, impacted this. First of all, I love Sofia Coppola. I can't help it. I watched rewatch a bling ring this weekend. It was like fucking this movie's so good. <laughs> I love Marie Antoinette. I love the Virgin Suicides. Like I love that shit. I love just watching like pretty people do nothing. Like <laughs> it's like a a movie that I a type of movie I like to watch. Um so I love the Virgin Suicides movie. I found the book to be lacking. <laughs> Uh, okay, probably Katie Jones asks, if you had to Freaky Friday switch with one team mom, who would it be? That's a great question. I think it would be, I don't know, like for like a good life Freaky Friday, like if it was just like for a couple days until we like said the same chant at the same time and magically got ourselves fixed like a true Freaky Friday. Um, by the way, I loved Freaky Friday as a kid, like pre-Lindsay Lohan Freaky Friday. Like, I loved the original Freaky Friday. And then I really loved <laughs> that version that they did in the 90s. Like, I think it was a Disney Channel movie. Um, I loved, loved, loved that Freaky Friday. I love the concept of Freaky Friday. I also loved Escape from Witch Mountain, the original one. Um, and the remake that they made of that. I used to love, like, a remade movie in the 90s. Like, I fucked hard with a remade movie. So if this is a Freaky Friday situation in which I'm like, I wish I was you. Remember Wish Upon a Star, by the way? <laughs> Great movie. Um, if this was a Freaky Friday situation in which uh, there was some sort of magical thing and we wished we're, we were each other and then I had to go into somebody's body to learn a lesson and then I would, like, switch back after a week or whatever... I guess I would pick Macy because I think her life seems most manageable to me. But if I was, like, Freaky Friday with somebody for just a day so I could, like, really see the fucking truth of their life, I would say it would either be Kale or Janelle because they are such liars and they have so much going on in their lives that I want to know the truth about. Does that make sense as an answer? <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay, uh, a couple of people asked me about which kids I think will be the most likely to be teen parents. So is this a controversial topic to you, dear listeners? On Reddit, anytime this gets brought up, it gets deleted as like talking shit about kids. I've never thought it was like a bad thing to talk about. <laughs> I don't know. Like, is it wrong to talk about if I think a kid will be a teen parent? I think some people will be put off by it, but... I don't know. I'm curious about if you think, leave me an Instagram comment, if you think it's inappropriate to talk about a kid becoming a teen parent. I guess like my general, I'm not going to, because I think a lot of people find it inappropriate and I don't want to upset people, I think that it will be more likely to be kids that don't have a lot of guidance and their families are really unstable and they have, like, the best friend is a mom kids. So I'm talking, like, the Gracies, the Jaces, you know, you know. I think it will not be Sophia because I think Vera will get her own birth control very early. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a hard question to answer, but I think it would be unrealistic to say that none of these kids will be teen parents because being a teen parent is something that um, is, like, extremely more likely if you are born to a teen parent. However, they're going to grow up a lot richer than their parents did. So 
will that be a factor? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, Maldorf asked, what exactly, when exactly do you think MTV is going to put this franchise to bed? Honestly, at this point, I'm like thinking never. <laughs> never ever. <laughs> the shit, like, I mean, if you asked me three years ago, I would have been like, next season. And yet, we're still here. Like, we're literally so, still here. It's so funny. I actually saw an exchange on Reddit today that really killed me. And um, somebody was like, this show is going to be put to bed soon. And a user that I, like, really like and has been around probably as long as I have was like, yeah, I think this show's going to go on forever. And the person responded like, oh, well, you must be new here. And the user I like responded like, actually, I've been here so long that I've been saying people – uh, are like people are have been saying the show will be canceled next season for five years. <laughs> so like at this point, I accept that it's just going to go on forever. And that's exactly how I feel. I really I don't know. I think the show is cheap to make. I think it still gets good ratings. I don't know. I think we still have a while of Team Mom left. Katie Rosen asked, why doesn't Kale know how to use birth control? It's because Kale doesn't want to use birth control because Kale wants to have a lot of kids because she's trying to fill a void uh, that she needs to fill with, like, DBT, unfortunately. Somebody asked me for a recap of all the pets the girls had, especially Janelle. I would have to, like, there are compilations. I just didn't, like, I would have to go find one. Okay. Uh, Somebody asked me a bit about your addiction story. She says, my mom struggles with alcoholism, so I find it inspiring. Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry about your mom. It sucks. I guess a bit, like, let me just, like, I don't know. Here's, like, a little tidbit. I started smoking weed when I was 11. My friend's cousin, who wasn't even older, I think he was our age, but he was, like, bad, brought it over to her house and her parents weren't home and we smoked it. I had already been smoking cigarettes at that point. I started smoking cigarettes when I was probably 10. Like in fifth grade, I remember stealing my friend's dad's cigarettes. And then me and this girl that I smoked weed with, we would her dad would get cartons of cools. And we would like swipe a pack of cools. So I started, we had already been smoking cigarettes. So we already like, we felt, I guess, ready to smoke pot. Looking back on it, like it's very sad to me that I was 11 and smoking pot because that's very young. Um, I started drinking when I was like 12 or 13. I started taking my mom's Xanax when I was maybe like 14. Uh, around that time, my friend gave me an Adderall and I really liked it. So I went to my doctor and got a prescription for it. And then I was just kind of off to the races with Adderall and Xanax and weed and drinking. Um, just like when I could, I wasn't particularly like, cool, so I wasn't going to parties all the time or anything like that, but I was definitely like indulging. And I, around that time, was also doing like, so when I was like 15, well, I guess I was 16, so I remember driving to her house. When I was like 16, I started doing like E, ecstasy, not Molly. Molly didn't exist yet, like doing ecstasy. Um, so, but, you know, by the time I was, like, 18, I was smoking weed, like, every day. I actually started smoking weed every day my senior year of high school. Um, that was when I, like, started buying my own weed and smoking weed all the time. And then I had already been drinking a lot. Like, I drank a lot by then. <laughs> then I don't know. 
then I got sober. <laughs> no, then I um did that for a long time, just like drinking and smoking and taking pills and having scripts and like getting different doctors to give me different scripts. But nothing was like out of control except for me and my emotions. And then I got a boyfriend that was addicted to heroin. And then we were together for like five years, but I didn't do heroin. And then I started doing it, but I honestly don't. Well, I do remember the first time I did it, he had gotten arrested and he like called me and was like, you have to go to my car and get out of my car, like the dope I left in there. And I did it because I don't know, because I was a fucking lunatic and I got it and I brought it back to my house and I snorted it because I remember thinking he would be like so mad at me and I was right. Um, and it like felt good. I remember like passing out and waking back up. But then I just, like, never did it again, like, for years. Like, seriously, for years. I just, like, did it that one time. Um, <laughs> to anybody that knows what this is, it's going to sound crazy. I actually started abusing Suboxone, which is, like, a opioid blocker. But if you, like, don't actually do opioids, which I don't, which I didn't do, well, I don't do now. I didn't do it at the time and get really high off of it, uh, like, if you have a heroin habit and you take a Suboxone, like, you're not going to get high. But if you don't do opiates, like, you get really high on it. So I took that and then I took it, like, three days in a row. And then I went to work and I was really fucking sick at work and I left work and I came home and I told my boyfriend we had Suboxone because he had a Suboxone script, but he never took it because he was doing heroin. So he would always have, but he would, like, his mom would give him a pill and then he would, like, just give it to me or whatever. And I, like, came home and I was like, oh, my God, I think I'm withdrawing from Suboxone because I'd done it, like, three or four days in a row. And he was like, no, there's no way. And then I took some and I felt better and was like, whoops. And so then I was addicted to Suboxone for, like, a year and a half, which is, like, it's actually insane that I got addicted to Suboxone on its own. Like, that's not a thing. Like, I might be the only person in the world that this has ever happened to. And it was literally accidental. But I just, like, stayed on it because I had access to it, and I was so scared of being sick. Uh, and then finally I kicked that, and it was, like, fucking so bad. It took me – it was, like, for anybody that knows, like, dope kicking takes, like, four days before you, like, kind of start to come out of it. Suboxone takes, like, 12 days. The half-life on it is very long. It's so bad. It's so bad. I, like, had kind of tried to stop it, but then I didn't. And then, so after, like, a year and a half, I think, I went off it. Um, I remember, like, on day eight specifically thinking I felt better. So I went to class and having to leave classes, I, like, and I remember my, I had such a nice professor that year. And I, she, like, looked at me and I, like, made a vomiting motion and, like, got up and ran out of class. Um, so that happened. And then I got off the Suboxone. And then I think, like, a year later... Uh, it's like, hey, that's like hazy. That time, the time period is like hazy. I started doing dope and I don't really remember the first time I did it or like when I started doing it a lot. Like it, it's kind of hard to remember. It was over the summer. That must have been summer 2013. So I guess I probably got off the box in like fall 2012 and I started doing dope in like summer 2013. I don't remember why I started doing it, but I did. And then I was like doing it more and more and uh, a kind of funny but not funny story is like I let my ex-boyfriend like shoot me up with it once 
but I have really bad veins. Like, it's really hard to find a vein in my arm. Like, I've always had a lot of issues with getting blood work done because I have rolling veins and they just, like, disappear. And he had to shoot me up in my hand. And I, like, kind of knew in my head, like, I was like, I don't really want to do this. Also, we didn't really have a lot left, so I, like, didn't even really get high. It was, like, it was kind of like a mess. Um, And I'll never forget, like, the next day he went and picked up and I was at his house like sleeping on the couch (laughs) and he came back and I remember he like kind of shook me awake and I like looked up and he was like standing over me and he's like you need me to hit you like hit as in like shoot me up not like hit me he never hit me um (laughs) thankfully (laughs) dark um but he was like do you need me to hit you and I I remember being like no and he was like what and I was like no I don't want you to do that Because I, like, just knew it would be too much of a mess. (laughs) So weird. So I just, like, kept doing snorting dope. And then he eventually went to jail. So I started doing it with his best friend. It as in dope, not it as in sex. Um, And we used together. He went to jail in, like, September. And then I kicked on my own over Thanksgiving weekend in 2013. Because I got fired from my job and I ran out of money. And it was just, like, the worst thing in the fucking world. I, like did with nothing like I really was like close to death it was so bad not I mean I wasn't close to death I felt close to death it was so bad um but I because I did because I understood that being a heroin addict was like not you know it was not the look but I like didn't want to be sober so I was like okay I'm gonna get off heroin (laughs) but I'm still gonna do Adderall and Xanax and drink and smoke pot and all that shit so I Got off dope November of 2013, Thanksgiving weekend. And then um, Christmas Day, I got a 2013, I got a bunch of cash and like texted my boyfriend at the time's best friend who has since passed away. Um, I was like, hey, I got cash. Like, you want to go cop? And he was like, yep. So then I, but I didn't have a job at this point and had like zero, no, no, no money. And I would get money by, like, cleaning my parents. My parents would, like, pay me to clean their house. I don't know. I would, like, basically just, like, find money in places and, like, get people to give me money. And I um, would do this thing where we would – I would go and pick up dope, but – this is so crazy. Only four bags, which is, like, I don't know, like, probably, like, a half a gram. We – the way dope in Philadelphia is sold is in bags. It's very weird. Uh, instead of like a, a weight system, it's sold by bag and I, or in 12 bags is a bundle. Um, <laughs> but you pay for 10 and you get 12. It's a thing. So I would, and when I was like really addicted, I would obviously try and buy a bundle. That was like the goal to buy a bundle. Um, but I, So I did this thing where I'd buy four bags at a time and I would do those bags in one night because I knew that if I did it multiple days in a row, I would get a habit again. (laughs) So I like figure out how I would recreationally do dope, (laughs) which is really insane. And it was working though because I didn't like, you know, I'd make like $40 like driving my grandma somewhere or doing something like that. So I like, oh, and a bag is $10 um, and a bundle is 100 basically. And so I would make like $40 so I could get four bags. And I would then um, like do those four bags in one night and then I wouldn't do it again for like, I don't, like a week or whatever. 
Um, and then right after Valent, like mid-February 2014, I got a full-time job. And within a week of my first paycheck, I was like back into full-blown heroin addiction, like full-blown habit, using every single day, like not just every day, like five times a day type of thing. Um, Yeah, because it turns out uh, you can't just be a recreational heroin user. I mean, I don't know, maybe some people can. I can't be a recreational heroin user. So then I went, that was like February and I was in rehab by May. And then I got sober. (laughs) Is that good? To, is that good drug talk? Um, is that is that what people wanted to know? Yeah, that's my like that's like my very basic addiction story. Like very basic. Honestly, sometimes it's like hard to tell the addiction story because it's like I used for a long time and I started using when I was really young, but I feel very removed from it now. So it's like all like discombobulated and like to really tell a full story would just take so long. It would just take too long. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Katie Quarter wants to know, what non-team mom show do you know the most about? P.S. Love the Duggars episode. By the way, thank you for all the great Duggars feedback. I really appreciate it. Uh, I know a lot about the Housewives. Uh, I would say I'm like a Housewives historian in a lot of ways, although I don't watch most of the Housewives anymore. I listen to multiple podcasts every week recapping them, so I keep up with them. <laughs> Like, I know a lot about Real Housewives in New York, Beverly Hills, OC, Atlanta, New Jersey. Not so much about Dallas and Potomac because they kind of came when I was, like, already falling off watching. Although I listened to recaps about them. But, I yeah, I know a lot about the Housewives. I know a lot about, like, Summer House and Vanderpump Rules. Like, I know a lot about most Bravo shows, I would say. Like, I could go on, you know, like, a Bravo podcast and as long as I, like, actually got eyes on, like, the episode we were discussing, maybe the episode before, like, I could confidently talk about it. I know, I know a lot about Bravo stuff. Okay, thoughts on Kale's new podcast with Becky, and will you be listening? That's from Nanners. Okay, so Kale announced this week that she is going to do a podcast with Becky. That's more of, like, an after, her friend Becky, which is more of, like, a I think they're calling it Chaos After Dark, Basically more about, like, sex and just, like, adult stuff as opposed to Coffee Convos, I'm guessing. Oh, by the way, Coffee Convos is not on the air and there was a, I guess because there's a trademark issue, Kale hasn't spoken on it yet, but the Ashley reported that basically the network tried to trademark Coffee Convos and Kale then filed a dispute I would guess that the network probably owns the name because most networks do own the name. But I don't know if that's the case. Kale said she's going to speak on it because she's tired of, excuse me, I had a hiccup. She's tired of not speaking on it. But we, you know, we'll see what exactly the issue is. Um, Will I listen to Kale and Becky's podcast? I'd be more listen, likely to listen to Kale and Becky's podcast than I am about Lindsay and Kale's podcast. Because as you guys know, I actually think Kale's pretty good at podcasting. I just really hate Lindsay. And I do like Becky. And I think Becky is very funny and well-spoken. And I I think if um somebody on Reddit says it's good, then I might listen to it. I know my girl T-Dub. Hi, baby girl. Who... You know, we really used to be Reddit foes, but then she told me she listens to this podcast and (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. We like came around on, we disagree about a lot of stuff, but we came around on a lot of stuff. Um, 
<laughs> we used to really fight on Reddit. And now, and now we're real. We don't fight. She doesn't go on Reddit as much anymore. But she listens every week to Coffee Convos. So if she says that I should listen to um, Kale and Becky's podcast, I trust her opinion. I think she'll know that if I will like it, then I will listen. Also, I think that Kale and Lindsay should just ditch Coffee Convos in their network and just start a new podcast with a new name. I think that the name is the least important thing about it. I think that if you're not somebody that listens to Coffee Convos and you're looking for Coffee Convos, what you do is you search in the fucking podcast search bar, Kale Lowry. I don't think anybody searches for Coffee Convos. I think that their fan base will follow them. I think their podcast is quite successful. They have a shit ton of ads. And they are always at the top of their charts. So I think that they should just say, fuck the name and come up with a new name and start again. I really don't think they'll take much of an audience hit because they own the social media. So they'll be able to alert their fans. And I think that people will just search her name and it will come up. (laughs) I think that that's the move for Kale instead of like fighting with a network about the name. Okay, Bonita Heath asks... Do you think Amber's newest relationship will take a Matt or Andrew path? Yes, of course, a hundred percent. That like, there's no way it doesn't. You know, there's no way it does it. Doesn't. Okay, Sarah Grace Travel says, which team mom would you want to spend Thanksgiving with? That's a good question. I think I would like to spend Thanksgiving with the Edwards family. <laughs> I think Jen would be really nice to me at Thanksgiving. Okay, um, Aaron M. Cheshire, recently found your podcast, caught up to 2019 so far. Love them and love you. That's so nice. When you listen to this, since you're only in 2019 and we're in 2020 now, hi, I'm glad you caught up. Okay, I'm actually going to leave off the name on this one because I'm not sure if she'd want me to say. She says, what's the story on Ryan Dolph? He used to send me dick pics on Snapchat. (laughs) Uh, first of all that's incredible I want you you know who you are to write in and tell me more about this (laughs) Ryan Dolph uh started out as Janelle okay Ryan Dolph was the brother of Gary Head how exactly did this happen oh guys I need okay Ryan Dolph is the brother of Jade Dolph. Gary Head, Janelle's ex-boyfriend, dated Jade Dolph, I believe, after the first time he dated Janelle. And Gary and Ryan became friends, I think. Or it's possible that Gary and Ryan were already friends, and that's how Jade met Gary. But basically, like, Jerry... Jerry. Gary and Jade dated. Gary and Ryan become or were best friends Janelle and Ra- Janelle and Gary get back together. Janelle becomes good friends with Ryan. Gary and Janelle break up. Ryan and Janelle stay very, very good friends. Um, the rumor always was that Ryan was Janelle's weed dealer. I don't, I mean, I assume that's true. I don't have any facts, but I believe that to be true. They stayed friends through multiple boyfriends. He was, he became friends with Nate eventually. Um, and they stopped being friends when David came in the picture and stopped letting her have friends. Randolph is a crazy motherfucker. He is racist. He is not a good person. He is wild, but he was Janelle, one of Janelle's best friends for a really long time. 
Okay. Kimusan 14 says, with Janelle's contract with MTV ending, what's next? Network show predictions. Um, I think the obvious next step is a marriage boot camp type of show. I don't know if networks will touch David. That I'm curious about. I'm, you know, I'm not sure if they'll have David be part of it, but I would be interested in watching them, including David, because I'm a terrible person and a hypocrite be on marriage boot camp. I think that would be interesting to see. Uh, I think she's going to do like, or like if Lifetime does some type of show, like I think she's going to be on a lot of like low, low, low grade reality shows. If, I mean, maybe I would like that. That's what I would like to happen. You know, that's what I would like, but I'm not sure exactly what Janelle's next move is or if any networks are real. I don't think networks are uninterested in working with her. I'm just not sure like what current show she could go on. Like eventually Janelle's going to be on a show like I remember on that show on E that was like famously single like Aubrey O'Day was on it. I think she'll be on shows like that that are like one or two seasons. They don't mean anything like she gets paid $50,000 or whatever to appear on it. I think she's going to do shit like that. Okay, Marissa Fisher asks, what's my favorite 16 and Pregnant episode? I don't have a favorite 16 and Pregnant episode because I don't really like 16 and Pregnant that much. I've never really cared about 16 and Pregnant or been a big fan, big fan of 16 and Pregnant. I've seen a lot of 16 and Pregnant episodes, of course, But I think the format of Team Mom is, like, I like watching multiple people at one time and following their stories for a long period of time. So I find 16 and Pregnant to be very unsatisfying. Okay, Alana.mxa says, more Troy McKeady collabs coming soon and more Duggars, LOL. I love doing the Duggar episode. I would love to do more Duggar episodes. I'm just not sure exactly how I would do them. I saw a couple comments about people wanting me to do non-Team Mom related material. And I agree with that. But at the same time, like, this is a Team Mom podcast. So I, it's just hard going forward. I'm not, like, it's just hard. Like, I don't know. It's hard to figure out exactly how to do it. Okay, Sally H. McCafferty said, plastic surgery, what have they done? A lot of them had their boobs done. Uh, most have done lip fillers. Oh, Brie just went back to Dr. Miami this week. It was disgusting. Of course, it was all over his Snapchat. He talked on and on about how she let her body go because she didn't work out. And he drew in like surgical marker, do cardio on her back. And he was like filming it. Dr. Miami is a fucking pig. He's disgusting. He is such a gross person. He was talking shit on her body the whole time he was working on her. And Kale apparently is going back to Dr. Miami after she has this baby. (sighs) She also asked, where's Janelle's dad? Why is he never filmed or even mentioned? Uh, Janelle's dad was an abusive alcoholic that Barb left, and he kind of dipped out of the picture when Janelle moved to North Carolina. So his name is Bob Evans, (laughs) in case you didn't know. I think he is just not mentioned because he's not a part of her life at all. Like, at all, at all. Okay, somebody who I'm going to leave their name out said, how do I get my parents to stop enabling my sister's substance abuse issues? I wish I had a better answer for you. I don't. Um, I think the real answer is that you can't get them to stop enabling. Uh, I think 
what you can do is that you can learn what your boundaries are with your parents and with your sister and enforce those boundaries and like work with a therapist or go to Al-Anon or do what you need to do so that you can live a life that isn't brought down by your sister's drug addiction. I think that's easier said than done. But I know how one addict in a family can like torpedo the entire family and the whole family revolves around the addict and the non-addicted people oftentimes become addicted to like helping the addict. And I know how awful that can be. Like like the parents become addicted to helping the addict and then there are these other siblings that have to deal with the fallout of that and it's really awful and it's unfair. But the reality is, is that you can't control your parents and you can't control your sister and all you can do is control and protect yourself. Uh, and if that means like you don't talk to your parents about your sister or that means you have less contact with your parents, um, it's really shitty and it's not fair. But, it, you know, addiction isn't a fair, like addiction isn't fair and it will never be fair. And I think that the reality is, is that you just are not ever going to be able to force them to do anything. You can encourage them to go to Al-Anon. You can encourage them to go to therapy. But they are adults who get to make their own decisions. And all you can do is decide what you are going to deal with and you're not going to deal with. And if that means having limited contact with your family, that might be the reality. Okay, not that kind of doctor asked me how I'm doing. I'm doing well. I'm doing well, thank you. Okay, uh, somebody asked me what kind of law firm I work at, which I'm not going to say what kind I work in, but they said, what is your favorite part and least favorite part? I My least favorite part is that it can be kind of boring. My favorite part is that it's like a good, steady, consistent job that doesn't have a lot of stress or drama. Um, she also asked, who do you wish had a reality TV show but doesn't? Hmm. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I don't think there's anybody that I... That's not true. I feel like I see people a lot that I'm like, ugh, I wish I had a reality TV show. But then it's a fleeting thought. Okay, she actually, like, asked me a couple questions. So I'm, and these are all good questions and I want to read them. <laughs> so what are you most proud of yourself in the last five years? Uh... Probably when I lost like 50 pounds, that was pretty cool. And the fact that I've kept most of it off, uh, staying sober through a lot of people dying, that's pretty cool. Uh, I would just say in general, like where I am today emotionally is the thing that I'm most proud of because I feel really calm, cool, and collected and stable. And that was almost impossible for me to be this time six years ago. So it's not crazy now instead of like this time five years ago, I'm saying this time six years ago because I'm almost at six years. So yeah, I feel proud of like my, like where I got to emotionally. Okay. She also asked, (laughs) what is your most and least favorite thing about princess? You two are internet friendship goals. (laughs) You hear that princess? My most favorite thing about princess is just her willingness to talk and be open about herself and her life. I find it really fascinating. And I think Princess is really, really good at educating people on things that they don't know about. I Like when she can come in and talk about fostering and adoption 
and stuff like that. I think she is so good at presenting information without it being overwhelming and is really like clear and to the point on what she's trying to get across. My least favorite thing, (laughs) Princess swears that she doesn't know what I look like and that hurts my feelings. Um, she said, I think I heard you're into true crime. Did Stephen Avery kill Teresa Hallback? Okay, I am into true crime. I will be honest, I didn't watch all of Making a Murder because I found it kind of boring. I've always been into true crime. My mom was really into true crime, is really into true crime, and has always been into true crime. So we grew up watching a lot of true crime and not listening because pre-podcast era. But so yeah, I've always, always, always liked true crime as long as I can remember. And do I think Stephen Avery killed Teresa Hoback? <sighs> Maybe. Like, yeah. I don't think Brandon like did it. I think he helped him clean it up. But I don't I kind of think he did, but I'm not sure he got a failed fair trial, which is how I feel about Adnan. Um, you know? That, like, well, did he really get a fair trial? Does it really matter if he did it if he didn't get a fair trial type of thing? She also asked, by the way, Liz Johnson, thank you so much for asking multiple questions. I like when people ask multiple questions, especially when they're good questions. How dirty do we feel about Sophia SpawnCon posts and videos? It's very unsettling. Sophia was SpawnConning for dental whitening the other day, which is, like, it's not right. I feel really, really, really worried, really worried about Sophia. Like, really, really worried. Okay, she also, this is the final one, not final question, but her final question. Are marriage and or kids in your future? How open would you be with your kids about your past and addiction? So, okay, here's the thing. I am turning 32 in May, and I have not dated anyone in a long time, like, since I got sober. Um, I've been on a couple dates, but I hate, 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 hate online dating. I will go on Tinder, I'll swipe right all night, and then I won't look at it again for like a month. I've been on a couple Tinder dates, none of them went particularly well, and I just like haven't met anybody that I want to date or is asking me out or whatever. Um, so I'm open to marriage. Like I, in the future, yes, I would like to be married and have kids, but I don't want to get married and have kids just to get married and have kids. Um, I think I would be totally fine without ever having kids and without ever getting married if it meant I'd rather be by myself and be happy than be partnered and be miserable just for the sake of being partnered and having kids. Um, I don't feel that strongly about I love kids and I want to have kids. I just don't feel that strongly that like my life will be fulfilled by them like I think a lot of people feel or some people feel. So for me, it just makes more sense to be single unless I meet someone that I like and I actually want to date. Um, I think, like, I was talking about this with someone recently, like, if I wanted to get married and have kids, like, I could go get married. <laughs> like, I know that sounds ridiculous, but I could put, like, way more effort. I could be on Match.com. I could be swiping on Tinder. I could be asking people out on dates constantly. Like, I could really be working hard to find a boyfriend and then I could, like, and if I really wanted a baby, like, I could figure out getting pregnant. Um, but I'm just not interested in doing it just to do it. And my life is, like, really happy and fulfilled. So unless, like, I meet someone that I actually like and want to be with, like, I don't want to be with someone just to be with someone, if that makes sense. And if I had kids, how open would I be with them about my addiction? I think open enough. 
I think once they got old enough to act, I think I'd be open that I was sober and because I'm an alcoholic and drug addict, but I don't think they would need to know the gory details about it unless they specifically asked. Okay. <laughs> this is a funny one. Tyrannus Horse Rest asks, your 15 and 10 slumber birthday party at Janelle's, what present do you bring? This is so obvious. A water bottle full of vodka that I stole from my mom's liquor cabinet. <laughs> Is there any other answer to that question? I don't think so. <sighs> God, that would be so great. Like, that would absolutely be what I bring. A liquor, a water bottle full of liquor. Okay, hold on. Now I need to switch to find more questions. Okay, somebody asked me a question that I'm really confused about. <laughs> says, do you worry about your kids and all the confusion in their lives at such a young age? I think they probably mean the kids on the show. (laughs) It's funny that I'm reading that right after I had this long thing about, like, how I want to, like, I want to have kids, but I don't really, like, need to have kids. (laughs) I'm very worried about my children. (laughs) I also wonder if this person thinks that maybe if they follow my personal Instagram and see that I post my nieces and nephew a lot, but I'm guessing they mean like the kids on the show and the confusion in their lives at such a young age. And the answer is yes, (laughs) I worry about them. (laughs) Just made me laugh. Okay, Malice in Wonderland asks, how come Grandma Donna has never filmed compared to all the other grandparents, do you think? I think she just doesn't want to be on the show. Honestly, like, I think it's really that simple. She just, like, has no desire to be on the show, which I agree with. The House by the Sea says, how much do you think they make from Instagram sponsors? Who makes the least? I honestly think they make a lot of fucking money, like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I think someone like Janelle probably makes the least because she doesn't do that much sponsor sponsor content because when she does, people flip out. I think Kale or Chelsea probably makes the most. Um, she also asked, who is the, or it could be a hey, I don't know. Uh, the House by the Sea has asked, who is the worst addiction issues on Vanderpump Rules in your opinion? I think Tom Schwartz. Like, Tom Schwartz is a walking nightmare. I saw a post in a Facebook group the other day that somebody in the group, like, saw him out at a bar and he like could barely stand up and then he was passed out in the street. I think about him waking up in another hotel all of the time when they were in Mexico. I think he like is needs to go to rehab like yesterday. Like serious, serious, serious drug and alcohol addiction is Tom Schwartz. Okay. Fiona asked if Kale has another boy, do you think she'll try again for a girl? Uh, I said earlier, I don't think it's so much about if she wants a girl or a boy, I think obviously she wants girls. Like, I mean, who wouldn't? But what was I going to say? Oh, but I think she's just like having kids to fill a weird void and impulsion. And it's like easy to be like, well, she's just trying for a girl. But I think it's much deeper than that. Okay, this is cute. Case Adila asked a fun cousin Julia antidote. Antidote? Antidote is like poison relief. Uh, So a fun Cousin Julia antidote, I'm saying that word wrong, a fun Cousin Julia story is, I was like thinking about this earlier and I was trying to think of what story I would tell because it's like hard to tell stories just like off the top of your head, you know, it's just like hard. (laughs) 
you're like, I don't know. <laughs> we have a whole lifetime of stories. It's like hard. But I was thinking about this earlier and I was thinking about this one time um, when we were maybe like mm, probably 15 or 16, like in high school, definitely. Um, we were at the beach drinking at night because as I've talked about, I lived at the shore in the summers and like we lived in the same shore house and at the beach, unlike when I was home, I could just like leave. Well, first of all, like my parents weren't even there. I was with my grandma. But even if they were there, um, at the beach, we were allowed to just like leave the house and go wherever we wanted. Like at home, because of like how my, where I lived, like you couldn't just like leave your house and go places. Like I had to be driven places. I could ride my bike to other kids' houses in the neighborhood, but that was kind of it. But, you know, at the shore, we could like ride our bike to the movie theaters and to get food and just like ride all over town and we would like walk to the beach so we could like just be out uh without like being like we didn't have to even pretend like we were going anywhere like we'd just be like going out and it was like fine (laughs) and one night we were at the beach drinking because we used to just sit on the beach and drink um and we were walking off the beach and julia had a full beer in her hand which is funny to even think julia isn't it funny to think about you drinking beer julia actually a fun fact about Julia is that she doesn't really drink, like, very much at all. When we were kids, she used to drink. And I loved when Julia got drunk. It's always the best. We drank a lot when we were kids. But as an adult, she doesn't really drink. She'll have, like, a cocktail at most. And really, like, a half a cocktail. Um, she's not a drinker. But we were drinkers when we were kids. And we were walking off the beach. And she was holding a full beer. And my Uncle Bob, <laughs> who is estranged from our family... <laughs> My Uncle Bob is no longer part of our family, but at the time he was still in our family, which he shouldn't have been, but he was, um, he had already done really bads, was, <sighs> this must have been a post, Julia, was this pre or post jail? When did Uncle Bob get out of jail? I don't know. My Uncle Bob went to prison for a couple years because he embezzled $50 million through his company and only went to jail for a couple years because he was able to get a really good deal because he, like, told the feds about these bankers that were doing bad stuff. So I, that was probably either right before or right after he got out of prison. I can't really remember exactly when that happened. And he was walking onto the beach with his dog, Candy, <laughs> and who I'm going to talk about in the episode I record tomorrow because uh, Farah had a dog named Candy and it made me laugh and laugh. But he was walking on as we were walking off and Julia was holding a beer. And so she just like put it in her Vera Bradley purse, like the entire open beer. And I remember her being like stunned that the beer spilled everywhere. And we had to like figure out how to clean this like beer soaked purse. (laughs) Because I don't know why we like pretended that we weren't drinking because all the adults at our house, because um like 18 people, we had a big shore house that had, could sleep, um... Hold on, I'm going to do math really quick. Our short house could sleep like 14 people. Uh, and on weekends, when everybody was down, there would be 14 or more people in the house. Um, for, we had enough beds, like bed space for 14 people. And there would often be more people like on air mattresses and that type of shit. So like all of the adults in the house like knew we were drinking because we used to come home so drunk. And I, with my drinking problem at a young age, I like, could never... <laughs> 
control vomit. Like, I would just, like, come home and projectile vomit everywhere, and I'd be like, I ate bad food. And I remember once, like, um, we had, like, four steps that wa- led into the house, like, stone steps. And I remember once I was so drunk that I, like, stubbed my toe and took a whole chunk out of my toe. I was, like, 14. Took, like, a whole ju- chunk out of my toe, but I was so drunk I didn't even notice. And, like, I was, like, gushing blood and I didn't notice. I just, like, walked throughout the house. And my Aunt Sue Julie's mom was like, what the fuck? And I was like, mm, I don't know what happened. Even though I had, like, a chunk of my foot missing. But I remember Julie and I, like, desperately trying to, like, clean her beer-soaked purse because we were, like, scared of getting in trouble. I don't know if that's, like, a funny story, actually. So I think it's just funny because, like, I can picture her so clearly, like, putting the beer in her purse because she was scared of Bob, like, catching us drinking. Like, what what would Bob even have even done? <laughs> I don't know. Another funny thing is Julia is, like, famously bad at riding bikes. And the minute she gets, like, a little drunk, she's, like, so, so bad at riding bikes. And once we were drunk on our bikes and we, because we, you ride your bike everywhere at the shore. And she, like, we were in front of our neighbor's house, like, right outside of our house. And I was like, okay, let's go. And I, like, turned my bike. And Julia went to turn her bike and somehow was unable to turn her bike. And her whole bike, as I'm watching, just, like, fell over. And she, like, fell on her face. And (laughs) it was truly the funniest thing that I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Because she just went from upright to on her face. Julia, I love you so much. Ugh, I want Julia to come on the podcast, but Julia doesn't like the idea of being on podcasts. She's so funny. Julia is so fucking funny, and we just laugh and laugh and laugh. You know how you have a person you just, like, love to laugh with? Like, that's me and Julia, like, tear in tears laughing over the dumbest shit. And, yeah, so my funny Julia story is that she put an entire open beer in her purse to try and hide it from my uncle as we walked off the beach drunk and ran into him. And when I say, like, off the beach, I mean, like, off the beach, like, on our street. Like, we didn't try to hide this, but yet we were still scared of getting in trouble. I don't know. That's, like, not a funny story. (laughs) Don't you hate when you're like, oh, I have a funny story, and then you tell and you're like, that actually wasn't funny at all. (laughs) Uh, I got some more requests to do throwback 16 pregnancy. Like I said, Okay, maybe. I just don't really like 16 and Pregnant that much. Oh, Aardvark Queen asked me, do I think Kale's a good mom? I think that this is a complex question. Do I think Kale is a bad mom? No. And I think that's a controversial opinion. I think that Kale has a lot of mental health issues that prevent her from giving her children the best life that she could. And I think she is creating a lot of instability in their life. And I'm very scared of her having Chris around them if Chris is as violent as she says he is. Um, Do I think she is a bad mom? Capital B, capital M. No, I don't. I think her kids are going to have issues from her choices. But like, also who doesn't? I don't know. I don't think Kale is a bad mom. I don't think it's that simple. I think she's someone that has a lot of issues that are going to impact her kids. And that sucks, but it's also, like, life. You know, like, that's reality. Okay, somebody, KM80s, asked me my top three favorite TikTok memes. As you guys know, I love to TikTok. By TikTok, I mean, like, I love to scroll. I would say my favorite memes are, I love memes of, like, teens with divorced parents. Like, talking about their divorced parents, I think is 
very, very, very funny. Like that's content that I crave. Um, and then I don't know there. I love the, of course, like the I'm in the ghetto ratatata. I think that's so funny. I remember when I first saw the original one on my feed and it like didn't have that many likes yet. I was like, oh my God, that's so good. And that's going to definitely be a sound. And it was. I also like just love a classic famous relative check. You know, I love a teen flexing their weird aunt or uncle that happens to be famous on their TikTok. Fiona asks, what's the best dessert you've ever had? I actually have a specific answer for this. Once I was living in San Diego and like not, I mean, I lived there for like a summer. It's like when people go abroad and they're like, when I lived in Paris, it's like, did you live there? I spent a summer in San Diego and uh, my roommate worked at BJ's Brew House, which we don't have on the East Coast. Well, Florida has it. There was one in West Palm Beach, but like we don't have it in Pennsylvania. But it's like quite popular or I don't know, popular, sorry, word. But there are a lot of locations in California. And so we could get like a discount on food when we went in there to eat. And my best friend and I that I was living with got really, really stoned. <laughs> like, really stoned and went in and had a pizuki, which is, like, a pizuki is so fucking good. It's basically just, like, a brownie cooked in a skillet with, like, ice cream on top, but we were so high and the pizuki was so good and we both started to cry when we ate it. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, Lovely List asks, if I had to live in one hometown of the moms, which place would you choose? Uh, I mean, like, maybe Dover, like, where Kale lives, because that's only an hour away from where I live. I mean, probably not. I don't actually want to live in Dover. I would live in Middleton, where Kale lives now. Um, maybe Chattanooga, where Chelsea. (laughs) It's not Chelsea. Maybe Chattanooga is my answer. I've never been to Tennessee, but it looks nice, right? (laughs) I kind of think that, oh, uh, Natalie Laura Elliott asks, do you think the other girl claiming to be pregnant by Chris was telling the truth? No, I don't think so. I think we would have known by now. Um, Fiona also asked me to fuck, marry, kill for moms, dads, and side characters, but I can't, if you want me to play fuck, marry, kill, you need to give me specific, like, three people. Like, give me categories of three people. It's too hard to, like, for me to come, my brain doesn't work like that to like come up with the categories and then decide. So yeah, I think that's it. Let me just double check to see if there are any more questions I need to answer. Okay, just quickly, there were two more comments or like sticker questions. And one is, any tips to support someone in long-term recovery, 20 plus years who no longer works a program? Um, Yeah, I would say just let them do their own thing. I think if you have 20 plus years sober and you don't need to work a program anymore, then like, I don't know. I like, I can't really judge that. Like if I think for some people, like they genuinely can not need AA anymore. Like, I think that's fine. That's a controversial take to have an AA. Like, let me tell you, that's like a very controversial take to have an AA. But I personally think like if that person is happy and healthy and sober and is doing okay, then they've probably taken all of the spiritual like, tools that they needed from their program and are living okay. And I think that's fine. And, like, if you mean, like, tips to support them, like, just be their friend. Like, 
I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, if they're, if they start acting fucking weird, then worry about it. But if they like seem fine, then I wouldn't, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it. I like, I, I mean, obviously I wouldn't mind it. I just wouldn't say anything and just like let them do their own thing. Okay, the last one is, tell us a fun fact about you and Cousin Julia. Uh, A fun fact about Julia is that she's an artist. She has always been really good at art, and she has figured out a way to actually do art for a living. She works at a store that makes, uh, like, a lot of glass pieces, like jewelry and incredible mosaics and, like, backsplashes in kitchens and, like, stained glass. She makes such cool art. She's so good at art. I'm, like... I love, she like, I love all the art that she makes. Uh, she's made me a ring before. That was, like, the nicest thing anybody's ever given me. Um, so I'll just explain this real quick because, like, it was just so nice. Uh, so we had to sell our short house because of the drama with my uncle. And they knocked the house down and built, like, this huge new house. Like, our house was big, but it was, like, shitty and old. Um they built this, like, huge, ultra-luxe, like, super, super nice house. And before they tore it down, Julia went to the house and got... So, a lot of the houses at the beach don't have um, grass yards. They have rock yards because it's just, like, so much easier to maintain. And so, she went to the house and got rocks from the yards and took one of the rocks and made it into a ring and sent it to me. And it was, like... Like, I I could cry right now thinking about it. It was just, like the most thoughtful, nicest thing that anybody's probably ever done for me or made for me. She made one for me herself and her older sister, Alexis. Like, it was just so, so, so nice. And the ring was so pretty. And it was just, it was just so cool. And she's really good. She also has really, really good style. So that's something about Julia. And the fact about me is that I, (laughs) I don't know. I like hot yoga. (laughs) No, I love to walk. A fact about me is that I love to walk. I actually walk for about an hour most days at lunch. Like, not every day, but probably four days a week. Um, And I love to, like, listen to podcasts or audiobooks while I walk. I find it very meditative. That's probably something that not everybody on this podcast knows. When I lived in Florida for, like, a year and a half, I walked every morning before work. But that kind of stopped when I moved home. But I love, yeah, I just, I love to walk. I especially love to walk on my lunch break because I find it very cathartic to, like, get up from my desk and just move. Uh, My dad has a theory that everybody should walk for at least a half hour a day, and I think he's right, and I definitely don't do it every day. (laughs) I didn't do it today, uh, but I do it a lot of days. Most days I try really hard to walk. I love to walk. But yeah, I think that's it. I'm going to end it there. Thank you so much, everybody, for your quick responses. I didn't post until, like, 3 o'clock. <laughs> if, um, <laughs> I, like, was, like, ask me questions, and I got so many questions. I love to do ask me anything. I hope you guys have a great week. Two throwback episodes. I'll try and do something with the young and pregnant. If not, bear with me. I love you guys. Have a good week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www. 
www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos.